The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This is the Business Locker Room Show with Kelly Riggs. In business, you have to play to win. You need an edge. You'll find that edge in the business locker room. Hey, business is like sports, and I want to bring the locker room to the boardroom. Giving you the playbook and the coaching you need to improve your business performance. With compelling interviews, cutting-edge business tactics and ideas, and the X's and O's segment with Miles Austin. I welcome in my good friend, Miles Austin. Welcome to the business locker room. Now, here is your host, Kelly Riggs. Hey, thanks for joining me here in the Business Locker Room. Great to have you on board as we get ready for show number 40, which will feature Fox Sports' Bruce Feldman. In just a few minutes, he'll join us. We'll talk leadership. We'll talk about his brand-new book as well, The QB, The Making of the Modern Quarterback. Outstanding book. Excited to talk to him about it and and the background of it as well. This is the Business Locker Room, the show with compelling conversations and useful content that you can use to improve your business today. We're operating at the intersection between sports and business, as you so often find that happening. Whether you're a sales rep, a manager, business owner, executive, entrepreneur, it doesn't really matter. You're in the right place because you're going to take things away today that you can use in your business as soon as we're finished. So thanks for being a part of it. BizLockerRoom.com is where you'll find us. You can find me, Kelly Riggs, at Kelly Riggs on Twitter. And you can send me an email, kelly at bizlockerroom.com. This week, Bruce Feldman joins me. He's Fox Sports commentator. He's on FS1 Saturday morning college football show and a New York Times bestselling author. As I mentioned, uh, his, his most recent book, The Quarterback, The Making of the Modern Quarterback, we'll talk about some of his others as well, including a book about uh, head coach Rick or Mike Leach. Rather. Swing Your Sword was published back in 2011, and that was a New York Times bestseller, put Bruce squarely on the radar in terms of the New York Times bestseller list. He joined Fox Sports in 2014, and I am privileged to have him as a guest in our show today. We're going to talk leadership, and we're going to talk about the lessons that sports can teach us about leadership in the business boardroom. Bruce, great to have you on board. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Kelly. I appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. Well, you you swing in some pretty big circles, and i got to tell you, I, I read your book, the The QB, over the holidays and uh, was just entranced with it. I mean, it's a fantastic story. What led you to that particular storyline? Did it did it come following the Mike Leach story, or was it something completely different? You know, it was something I really kind of thought more in, about over time, but then it, it was kind of, I wasn't sure what was there, and then I was watching the NFL draft one day and, and saw Trent Dilfer, a former NFL quarterback who now works for ESPN and very outspoken guy, and I was listening to him talk about QBs. And, you know, I, I had worked with him a little bit at ESPN when I worked there, and I, I DM'd Trent, and I said, hey, did you ever think of writing a book about some of this stuff? And he said, give me, a, give me a week and let's talk. And he called me about a week later, and we talked. And it really wasn't about a book as much as, 
you know, he said, look, there's something, he, he said, I'm not really right now interested in doing any book, but uh, there's something that I'm working on. It's part of this Elite 11. It's kind of an offshoot. It was, it was kind of vague how he explained it. But if you come to Ohio State in a couple of weeks, I think there's going to be some stuff that will really blow your mind, and it's going to be really interesting. And so when I went to Columbus, uh, there was a lot of former NFL quarterbacks there. You know, there's some coaches. Norv Turner was there, you know, a handful of other people. And there were people talking about the position of quarterback and what they do and who they are and also about a lot of business stuff and, and what Trent Dilfer's TDFB group that was about to launch the next day. Um, and it was really fascinating. And I'll be honest, even at that point after spending the weekend there, I really wasn't sure exactly what the book was, if there was a story there or not. There was some stuff that was interesting. But then I was flying to Texas for uh, to see one of... Dilfer's protege is George Whitfield, who's a mm-hmm. private quarterback coach in San Diego and very prominent himself, is on college game day every Saturday for ESPN, and was Johnny Manziel's private quarterback coach. And so I was going there to see him train Manziel. And somewhere along the way on that trip, things started to become a little clearer, and I got a better picture on, on what I think the book should be. And I started to realize it was about one degree of separation from all these people kind of down this rabbit hole of the quarterback world. And it was a different kind of world that, you know, you watch it as a diehard football fan, but you, you kind of see it one-dimensionally, or there's just not a level of it. And now, the more time I spent in that world, the more I realize there's a really, really amazing story to it. And uh, so that's kind of how, how everything came about. Now, it is a fantastic story. The title of the book is The QB, The Making of the Modern Quarterback, and it very much is an inside look at the QB guru industry. So it sounds as though you didn't have a whole lot of visibility to that that industry, if you will, prior to the making of the book. Is that a fair assessment? No, I had some because I knew Whitfield pretty well. You know, he had Did trained you? Cam Newton. I'd been around him. I had spent, you know, living in Southern California, this is kind of the quarterback, the, the birthplace of the quarterback, private quarterback coach. So I'd been around some of these guys, but to the level of seeing it where, you know, Dilfer was really taking it to a completely different level. You know, he was, a lot of these guys were smaller, played football, either college football, but never played at the highest level or excelled at the highest level. Whereas Dilfer did win a Super Bowl. I mean, he's not going to go to the Hall of Fame, you know, as a quarterback, but he spent over a decade there. He's very prominent at ESPN, and his approach to this was much different. You know, and with the Elite 11 before, you had some, some very successful high school coaches, but it was not a guy like this, and there were not, you know, here I am, uh, you know, at one point Aaron Rodgers, you know, it's going to be a Hall of Famer. He is, mm-hmm. you know, at the Elite 11 as well. At one point Aaron Rodgers and I are having this discussion about the specifics of what he had to do to kind of rewire his whole brain and his game to uh, when he got to the NFL level. And I thought that that was some really fascinating stuff. And so this this really gave me much more clearer picture. I mean, there had never been... I felt like there had never been a really deep dive into the quarterback world. I mean, there had been snippets of it, and there had been some really good stories about it, but just not to the level that I thought was really out there because so much had changed. You know, I mean, I'd seen people write some stuff about Tom House, who's the leading sports biomechanics guy in in the country, and I'd seen little bits about... Uh, you know, there was about Steve Clarkson, who's a private quarterback coach, is kind of the godfather of the quarterback business, or or Whitfield, but never kind of how it was 
kind of all connected and really into a, into depth, and that's what I was able to kind of to kind of set out to do. Bruce Feldman is my guest. He's the author of the quarterback, the QB, the making of the modern quarterback. Bruce. I, this this book really changed my perspective of Trent Dilfer. I have enormous respect for the guy after reading about him. And it's almost as though a guy like him, who did, by the way, as you mentioned, win a Super Bowl, we tend to look at him and say, eh, he doesn't have the gaudy numbers, and he's quote-unquote, you know, he's not that good. He's not Aaron Rodgers. But it is no small thing to win a Super Bowl regardless. And having now read the book and, and really looking at the way he leads and the way he impacts guys, I mean, this is a big personality guy. He really has strong command presence, does he not? He does. I mean, one of the things I, I was with him out in San Diego, he's talking to some of the quarter, college quarterbacks Whitfield was training, and, you know, they're in a classroom, and he says, he's in front of the group, and he goes, you know, my initials are TD. My initials should have been INT. He said, I, you know, he talked about how many interceptions he threw in the NFL, and he said, you know, people don't, a lot of people don't remember this, but when I was in college, and this was a guy who was a top 10 pick out of Fresno State, and he set an NCAA record for most passes without an interception, which is you know, a great stat to have. And uh, as he explained it, he said, you know, when I got to the NFL, I had so much, you know, at the highest level of all this negative, uh, negative feedback, negative information, negative instruction don't throw a pick don't take a sack don't do this and it really the more he kind of broke it down afterwards it really affected who he was not just how he played and i think one of the things that he is what's fascinating to me about him as a subject to write about is he's the most quotable guy i've ever written about almost everything out of his mouth is fascinating he speaks in very descriptive terms he is very emotionally i don't say unhinged but you know, like a lot of people remember Dick Vermeil, the great coach, who would break down and cry quite a bit. Well, Trent Dilfer's on the level of that, and where he gets very emotional about a lot of stuff. And you know, this is a guy that sometimes I think he cares what people think about him, but I don't think he gets really that concerned if people judge him a certain way. I mean, it's not going to stop him from being how he thinks he needs to be or or what he wants to be. And so there are times when. I would, you know, hear him say something or do something. I'm like, man, you know, I, my own self-awareness would be like, I don't know how I wouldn't want that out there. Or I wouldn't want to, you know, say that or look like that or because this is what it feels like. You know, there's, and there's definitely some big ego that is involved. But to play quarterback, I think, at a, at a high level and be successful or to be really good on TV. And I think if you talk to people, you know, his bosses at ESPN, they do value him as a, you know, he wasn't Steve Young as a player. He wasn't. Uh, you know, a Hall of Famer, but he's he's very successful at that. And I think part of it is you do have to have a big ego and you do have to have a big presence. And I think we see that and you see a lot of that in the book. And so sometimes I've had, you know, some of the criticism, I've seen a lot of people go, man, this is way too much Trent Dilfer. I can't stand this guy. Or, you know, <laughs> and I think there's some of that. And I think there's other people who look at it and go, they're fascinated by him because, uh, because he, he he's out there, he's warts and all. I mean, this is a guy who who lost his only son, you know, before he was five years old to a tragic illness, mm-hmm. and 
you know, as Dilfer admits, you know, a lot of the time working with these young quarterbacks, it's a chance to, to you know, he have his own sons. And, and also some of these private quarterback coaches who were, you know, didn't reach the level of success as, as NFL quarterbacks as he did, but he's become a mentor and a father figure to them too. So I think you see kind of a bigger picture that's within the QB as well as, you know, as it's this story and narrative. Yeah, in in the book, uh, a gentleman by the name of Yogi Roth says that Dilfer is, quote, uh, emotionally as connected to these kids as anyone I've ever seen. He really comes across as a very empathetic figure towards the kids that he's working with. Does it, Is that the critical piece that makes him a great leader, or is there something else? I think that is a critical piece of it. You're right. And I think one thing that I would give Trent credit for, and I'm glad you brought up Yogi Roth, and Yogi Roth is a Pete Carroll disciple, you know, Mm -hmm. and Pete Carroll, you know, he helped Pete Carroll write his Win Forever book, and he was around this guy who was relentlessly upbeat and positive. And one of the people that Dilfer also brought along with him, who was another Yogi Roth, Pete Carroll guy, is a guy named Michael Gervais, who's a leading sports uh, psychologist mm-hmm. who's worked with a lot of elite athletes like Olympic gold medalists and everything and now he works with the Seattle, Seattle Seahawks and I, I think they think are very mindful of message and, and mindset and what you know where's your head going to be at and how do we message this and to see that a lot of times I would talk to, you know, maybe a younger quarterback or a college quarterback, and I would kind of come back to Dilfer and say, hey, this is kind of what they said, or this is, you know, whatever. And it would be affirmation to him because he's like, he knew his message was getting through because not, not necessarily because these kids were parroting what he would want them to say, but because they were doing some of the things that they knew he valued. Now, it doesn't mean that because they did all these things, they were going to turn out to be the next Aaron Rodgers or Andrew Luck. But those are the, some of the integral things that he felt like if you have this, if you do this, uh, it's going to you know, up your chances. And he's a believer in, in uh, nurture more than nature. And mm-hmm. you know, I think some guys are more the opposite. And I'd say I probably fell you know, in, the, in, the, in the middle between all that. But I, I think it was healthy, some of, the, some of the, the ways he went about things, not just for people who are quarterbacks, but... I kind of realized that this book was going to appeal to a lot of people beyond just diehard football fans because some of the the mindset and some of the approach, I think, rubs off and is applicable in a lot of other places. Well, it's interesting. In in my practice, doing a lot of organizational leadership development work, one of the things that stood out in the book was was something that you quoted him as saying is, we're not doing a camp, talking about the Elite 11. We're not doing a camp. This is truly a culture. I mean, he was doing a, a subtle shift and in, in in really a cataclysmic shift at the same time, sort of the same idea. But we're going from just getting a bunch of kids on the field and evaluating their skills, and we're turning it into a significant culture. I mean, he even talks about kids having, what, what, did, what did he call it, the dude factor? Dude qualities. Dude, dude qualities. qualities. And it, there's just something that defines that dude. You know, he's that guy. And he, and he turns it into a culture. In fact, he says, I'm not looking for the top 11 quarterbacks. I'm looking for the top 11 competitors. That's a subtle distinction. It is, but I think it's ultimately what matters and what, um, you know, it's funny. There's a quarterback, plays for Michigan State, named Connor Cook. He will he's probably be in 2016, probably be a first-round pick. And he's a kid from Ohio, and he's a protege of George Whitfield. And we were somewhere where he was talking about they have this wall, you know, in his, coach, in his uh, quarterback room at Michigan State. 
And it's all these pictures of quarterbacks that they admire. And one of them is a guy who's a small school guy at North Dakota State who had won national championships there. And I said, what's the thing? He goes, we have this wall. It's basically who's the dude. And the dude is whatever happens, whether you know somebody misses a block Another guy makes on the defense makes a great play. Something, you know, it's something off the off the beaten path or out of the norm, and you got to respond, and you have to still find a way, you know, to get it done and make the play, get the first down, get the touchdown, do whatever. And he goes, "That's why these guys are on the wall," and it's like that's what it relates to them. I don't think he knew Dilfer's DQ. You know, at any point, it was funny that they put it put it out like kind of, you know, speaking in the same language without knowing it. And, you know, Dilfer had coined another term, figure it outness. And mm. there is that quality. I think with quarterbacks have to be problem solvers, especially now more as the game has, has evolved. You see Peyton Manning, you see uh, Tom Brady when they're at the line of scrimmage pointing people out, identifying for, you know, how they have to change protection or whatever, because so much more of the game is on the fly now. And it's so much more complicated than it was probably 30 years ago. And that figure-it-outness or, or dude qualities or however you want to sum it up, I think there, that translates to a lot of other things and why, you know, if you can think on the fly and make those adjustments, you know, in whatever you are, uh, it's going to help you. There's really an interesting dynamic in football as well because uh, clearly the coach is a leader. And I think of Urban Meyer and the things that have been written about the Kites and their involvement with him in terms of leadership development and bringing them into the team. And I'm, I'm sure you have some visibility to that as well. But the quarterback is also a key figure, a key leader. And that dynamic oftentimes is, is really important. Where, where and when does that leadership transition take place for the average player who looks at both the, the coach as leader and the quarterback as leader on the field? Is that, is that simply when we step on the field, or is it, or is it more defined than that, or less no, defined? I think it's got to be even before that, because, you know, organizationally, whether it's in meetings or things before that, you have to, you know, Dilfer has a term, uh, has terms for leadership. Are you a thermostat leader, or are you a thermometer leader? The thermostat leader is the one that sets the temperature of the room. The thermometer leader is the one who reflects it. And you want to be you want to be the former, not the latter, because you don't know whether you're going to get you know a team full of first round picks and everybody's on the same page and and all this. You're going to get a lot of different personalities. You know you don't know. You know you mentioned the Leach book that I did. I remember you know him talking about how as a leader you have to constantly evaluate. You know is this guy having a good day? Is this guy ready to surpass this other guy? Is this other? You know it's like all these different parts are coming together and they're really only concerned for the most part about how they're doing or what their life is and you have to make it all and manage it all and i think that's where it, that's where it's important you know having those skills i mean it's great if you're going to be able to do it on the field but it's even more important that you can do it off the field before because that all goes into the preparation Absolutely. Bruce Feldman is my guest. Find him online at brucefeldman.com. Make sure you follow him on Twitter as well, at Bruce Feldman CFB. He is FS1 Saturday Morning College Football Show commentator and the author of a number of books. We'll come back on the other side of our timeout, and we'll talk about Swing Your Sword, his book about Mike Leach, and find out a little bit about that transition from Texas Tech to Washington State. What gets lost in that translation? I'm Kelly Riggs. Follow us on bizlockerradio.com. We'll be right back with more of the Business Locker Room. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country. Now in his eighth year as founder and president of VMAX Performance Group, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is Dan Walshman, and you're listening to the Business Locker Room Show with Kelly Riggs. Yeah, great to have you on board here in the business locker room, the intersection of business and sports, the show with compelling conversations and useful content that you can use in your business starting immediately. No need to wait. Lots of things happening in future locker room shows. want to encourage you to find us at bizlockerradio.com, and you can always subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. The quality of guests just gets better and better and better. And the content continues to improve. And by the way, beginning in February, great content coming out of the business locker room on a weekly basis. Eight world-class business coaches as a part of the business locker room. Great to have them. We're rejoined by Bruce Feldman. BruceFeldman.com on Twitter at BruceFeldmanCFB. And we're talking leadership and what sports can teach us about leadership. Bruce, we went into the break talking about your incredible book, The QB, The Making of the Modern Quarterback. There was an, an Inc. article written, Eight Leadership Lessons from QB Gurus. What is it that we learn about leadership from quarterbacks that the average business guy, the average business person could take into the boardroom and use effectively? Well, I think there's a, a couple of things. That I'm, I was very you know, flattered by that piece um, that was done, and it came out really not long. You know, the book hadn't been out for very long, and so you know, a lot of times when you're working on something, you don't know. You know, I think you're so caught up in your own world that you don't know really how it's going to translate or anything like that, or or how people are going to find it. But when I saw that, um, you know, we had talked a little bit about Michael Gervais, the sports psychologist, and you know, he came up a lot in that you know in that article because. It's so much is mental, and I think so much of, of of this position is is that way. Well, in the case of of you know that story or that that piece, one of the things that that the writer really found in it, you know, he makes a comparison to the Art of War, which is you know this legendary book, and I, you know, I said flattered and kind of overwhelmed by that kind of comparison. But I think when you when you kind of break it down, the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway was. Gervais' self-talk, and when, you know, when I said where Dilfer had all this negative, negative feedback he was getting, or negative intel that he was getting at the NFL, 
Michael Gervais was was going the complete opposite. And it's, you know, you got to be positive every step of the way. And I think one of the things that even when you take your it's almost like the driving range. Like when when Aaron Rodgers comes to work out, comes to help these kids. A lot of the times, the feedback you would get, you know, some kid would go, "Yeah, he gave me great advice." You know, you know, if, no matter who it is, and it's like, okay, well, what was the advice? And it'd be like, oh, he said work hard, or oh, he said you know, some generality. Well, I asked this one quarterback who's now at Purdue, David Blau, who was from Texas and wasn't a big recruit. You know, he. Dilfer's group really liked him and admired him. Well, anyway, when he's out there with Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron, he comes up to Aaron Rodgers, I'm like, I'm never going to get the chance probably to, to speak to this guy. And, and he's basically throwing a pattern where it's one receiver route, and the guy, let's say he runs a deep pattern just straight down the sideline. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers says, you know what, never waste any rep. And he said, what you need to do is, he, he goes, even if you're going to, you know, it's a one-on-one drill, you need to pretend like it's a, a real game and where you're trying to look off the safety. You know where the receiver's going to be. You know where you're going to throw it, but don't lock in there instantly. You, you, you get there at the last second, so you're, you're milking every little bit out of that rep. And I think that's a great example for all of us in terms of, because we can all go through the motions and, and get it down to the lowest common denominator. But when you do something like that, I think it, it, it hones your ability and you really do get a lot more out of it. I mean, I think that was one of the things I think that, uh, you know, getting back to the, getting back to Blau and, and the article, one of the other things I remember mm-hmm. that, that, the, that, you know, the Inc. article really found fascinating was Dilfer's message to him is, and, and David Blau, like I said, was not a big, big you know, five-star recruit. He was a 6-1 quarterback. Well, most of the quarterbacks... You know, you want her six three, six four, prototypically. He was like, "Don't ever buy into the fact that that you're not six four. You you live in the you live in your own reality." And, this, right. and he called it this pretend world because that's where you thrive. And he's right because ultimately, and I know you mentioned the Mike Leach book. There was something I learned from Leach, which is you know all the things in that book was the biggest thing I took away was so much of us are are shaped by how we grew up and also the people around us and their impressions of us. And so whenever, uh, you know, you're going to try to do something, you're like, well, I don't know, that's not, that's not how people see me doing it, so I'm probably not going to do that or whatever. Right. And I thought for me personally growing up, the one of the best things that happened to me was I got out of my, you know, I left the area I grew up in eventually, you know, when I was out of college or around college age. And it, you know, allowed me to pursue whatever I wanted to pursue, not people thinking, oh, well, that's kind of weird. Do you really want to do that? And, I, you know, for Leach, they moved around so much uh, that he was always the new kid. So he was able to kind of have his own identity and shape it. And I think that kind of living in your own reality or your own pretend world isn't such a bad thing because you get to, uh, you know, there are going to be times where I'm sure it's rough the day-to-day because you can feel like an outsider, but also in the same time, you get to have this kind of unspoiled, you know, ignorance is bliss can be really creative, and ultimately that's where some great things happen. Sure, you don't have to buy into the myth. Well, that that was the first thing that they talked about in the Inc. article. The last one was 
recognize that talent comes in diverse forms. And this was really fascinating to me because in your book, you, you talk about the idea of using Myers-Briggs personality types to identify the potential of a particular quarterback. That, that's sort of an out, you know, that's an outsider's look. I mean, that's a fringe kind of ideas. But one of the, the guys who was an expert at that, I think Jonathan Neednagel, if I remember right, he had turned it into uh, numbers instead of the four-letter initials that people use. And he said certain Myers-Briggs types tend to make better quarterbacks. Why is that? Yeah, you know, that was one that was, when we were talking before in the last segment about things, it just kind of interconnected. I never set out for that to be part of the book. I didn't think of it. I wasn't aware of it. I mean, I was a little aware of it, but not aware that how it related to quarterbacks. And right. So when I'm in Texas, I'm visiting with, at the time, the head coach at SMU, June Jones, and his offense coordinator, Hal Mummy, who's Mike Leach's uh, old mentor, and they're two of the more interesting people in football. And at one point, I don't even remember, I'd have to look back and see what the question was where we, June Jones kind of hopped the tracks and went down this brain typing uh, process. And I don't think anybody knew how deeply he was involved in this. I mean, some of the stuff that I knew that was coming out of the book was going to fascinate people because they were like, well, really, this is like, you know, some of the, I don't know if you'd say predisposed, but when, when, when uh, Trent Dilfer talks about it's more nurture over nature, mm-hmm. June Jones is the opposite. And there were, he, he's a huge believer in, in Jonathan Neednoggle. And one of the things that they had found from their research was, even though like less than 10% of the population has this one specific brain type, almost like more than half the guys who Super Bowl winning quarterbacks have it. You know, it's Troy Aikman, Joe Namath, Joe Montana, Brett Favre, Kenny, you know, Kenny Stabler, Terry Bradshaw, and what, uh, what this certain brain type has is, you know, John Elway, you, are, you thrive in the moment, you are great when kind of left to your own devices where, you know, you're going to run the two-minute drill or do whatever, and, you know, it's almost like you create your own structure. And there's some other downsides with this kind of brain type, but June Jones basically spent uh, his whole time as a college coach trying to find that kind of guy who has the brain type. Now, he had some successful quarterbacks who didn't, but they had a certain kind of brain type where when it was identified, he knew he would coach them a little differently. And so it's a, it's a fascinating kind of rabbit hole to go down. And, you know, for people who read the book, I think, you know, they will be intrigued to see all the layers of it. Yeah, you've, you've, made, you've made reference to some of the quote-unquote characters that you've come across in the, in the college football world, and one of those certainly would have to be Mike Leach, which we've referred to. Your book, Swing Your Sword, Leading the Charge in Football and Life, uh, was a very successful book for you. Mike Leach, of course, I'm from Oklahoma. He was the offensive coordinator at the University of Oklahoma in 1999, which was Stoops' first year at the University of Oklahoma. He was extraordinarily successful as a head coach at Texas Tech. It hasn't quite translated at Washington State, 12 and 25 in his time there. What, what do you think the difference is? I mean, Texas Tech was not what we might consider a bastion of football talent, and yet Leach did in, incredible things there. He hasn't done so yet at Washington State. Is it only a matter of time, Bruce? I think it's some time. I think, you know, uh, to, to, uh, even though they weren't where he got the program, I think Spike Dykes left behind a little more than what uh, Leach walked into at Washington State, I mean, people forget at Washington State they were like nine and forty yes. four years before him. They hadn't been in a bowl game in a, you know almost a half a you know, almost a decade. 
So they were pretty, you know, pretty miserable. You know, he went in there, and in the second year, they got him to a bowl game. Now, last year, I think they backslid, but I think people have to keep in mind that usually that third year, it's the class, you know, that that was kind of the last class, full recruiting class before he he took over. And that group is basically a lot of times it's, you know, it's a coaching staff that's on the hot seat, so maybe it's, you know, it's not the best recruiting class. You're going to get a lot of those kids end up leaving, you know, in the transition. So, I mean, I would expect them to be, you know, quite a bit better in the next two years, but I think it's it's a hard transition for them. You know, I think Texas Tech, you know, you're at least you're in the state where you have a lot of players. You may not beat Texas for them, but you'd probably you'd be lucky to beat Texas for one out of 20 players. Now, they did get Michael Crabtree, Texas wanted, but Texas didn't want him the way, you know, Texas Tech did. Whereas at Washington State, the bulk of their recruiting is going to be in Southern California or in, in California. They don't have too many too many key players, if at all, from the state of Washington. So I think that that's added to to the challenges. And uh, you know, I think he's in a place, honestly, right now where there's a the league is tougher than the Big Twelve was when he got into it at uh, at at uh, at Texas Tech. Sure, there's you know the big turnaround is is often the challenges. How do you manage that? I mean, that's true corporately, certainly true in college football. And and Mike brought a very different kind of style and approach to Washington State. I'm sure that was a little upsetting. In fact, I, you're probably familiar with the book, The System, Jeff Benedict's work. I am. Uh, yeah, I know Armin Contain a little bit. We work together at CBS. So I, I'm yeah familiar with it. So you know, you know the you know some of that's been documented that he's run into some challenges with his sort of aggressive approach and the way it impacted some of the athletes. But how often is that necessary to take a program out of the doldrums and really turn it around, especially when you may perhaps uh, have as not nearly as much talent as your competition? Uh, I think it can be. You know, if you can't change people. You know, you you either have to get rid of them or have to wait till they they leave because ultimately, um, you know, those are the those are the struggles you're up against if you're trying to change a culture and train, change the thought process. And if people don't have the desired work ethic, I mean, that's what you're working against. And so, I, I definitely think there's some challenges to that. And and um, getting the buy-in is not easy, but that's the mark of you know great coaches are able to do that. And I think that. In regard to that, I think he's probably had more struggles with that as you know than he did anything else when he was at Texas Tech, you know. And I think that that was um, it's interesting because when he went from to OU to to Texas Tech, he had never been a head coach. Here, he right. had all the experience of being a head coach, and yet I think there was more challenges. Now, all jobs aren't the same, so maybe that uh, maybe that you know negated the experience to some degree or you know sometimes the experience you have you know maybe it's it can be a negative too we were talking at the break you mentioned that uh, mike in his time at ou he speaks fondly as uh, of that one year in his association with the university yeah very much so i mean he thinks bob stoops was a great boss to have their families are still close uh and he really became great friends with barry switzer and so for one year there yeah he he, uh, he is a he, um, you know, I don't want to speak for him necessarily on this, but I mean, I think OU has really got a special place in his heart because of all the OU people he met. I know he still is connected to a lot of them. Um, you know, it's funny now, OU had a struggling year where they went from preseason top five and ended up going eight and five, and mm-hmm. they changed half the staff. But the guy who Bob Stoops tabbed to 
to revitalize the offense. Lincoln Riley is a Leach protege from Texas Tech, was somebody very close to him, and I'm sure you know Leach. Leach definitely helped him get in there with Bob Stoops, and you know we'll see how it works out. I mean, not only is Lincoln Riley there, well, another former Leach college player. Uh, Bill Biedenbaugh is the offensive line coach, so there's still a lot of big ties to OU for him. Interesting. Well, it's been fantastic to talk with you, Bruce. Before I let you go, we've got about two minutes left. I wanted to ask you, you've been around an awful lot of great coaches, great quarterbacks. Who would you consider to be at the top end in terms, just strictly, not in terms of talent, but in terms of leadership and the ability to influence people around them. Best coach you've ever worked with and been around in terms of leadership and best quarterback as well. You know, to me, the, the best quarterback I've seen, and some of this is also athletic ability, you know, I, th- I think Aaron Rodgers is just really special in terms of this is a guy who had no major college offers out of high school, and he grew and grew and has quite a chip on his shoulder, and sometimes you, know, you may rub, rub, step on some toes, but I think you know, he is so gifted athletically but also mentally so tough. I would say he is at the tops of the list on that. I mean, I think you could say Peyton Manning's a great leader. You know, mm-hmm. he's, so, he's brilliant in terms of of uh, what he, you know, what he can do for, uh, you know, all make all the players around him that much better. I don't think he has this, the the athletic ability that Aaron Rodgers has, but in terms of the insight and and intellect, I mean, he is he is wired differently than almost everybody else playing the position. As far as coaches go, um, you know, you have to put Urban Meyer there, and uh, I mentioned sure. buy-in. You know what he does everywhere he goes. I mean, again, it may it may be he may be a tough guy to work for, but he gets, you know elite results and he gets them fast I, I would think you'd have to put him on top of the list i think you'd have to put jim harbaugh near that list as well because of what he did at stanford and then what he did at the 49ers but i think right now in terms of football i think you'd have to say urban meyer's kind of the gold standard for for football coaches which sets up very well in the future of the Big Ten, does it, with Harbaugh and Meyer going at each other on, on an annual basis? Yeah, it's a good thing for the Big Ten, the timing now, the league that everybody was, was kind of poking and kicking while it was down to have, you know, I would say the only other coach I would put in that group with them in college football right now is Nick Saban. You know, so you right. have two of the three best coaches in football, in, in college football, that's that's. That's quite a testament, especially when their TV contract is coming up in a year or so. They're going to have they're going to have a lot to offer. Absolutely right. Bruce Feldman has been our guest. Let me highly suggest that you run down and find this book and buy it. The QB, the making of the modern quarterback, and of course his book about uh, Mike Leach, the quarterback, or excuse me, um, swing, swing your, your sword. sword, leading the charge in football and life. Bruce, appreciate your time. I know you re- lead a very very busy schedule. And uh, I'm sure uh, <laughs> college football season can't get here soon enough for you. I appreciate it. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you very much. We're going to take our second and final time out. We'll come back on the other side of the break. Much, much more as uh, Miles Austin will join us for the X's and O's segment. And we'll talk about 4D sales. Stay with us. I'm Kelly Riggs. This is BizLocker Radio on Voice America. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country. Now in his eighth year as founder and president of VMAX Performance Group, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? 
For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Hi, this is Jeff Shore, author of Be Bold and Win the Sale. More great business ideas straight ahead in the business locker room. Hey, welcome back. Jeff Shore, by the way, one of the coaches in the business locker room. Good stuff beginning in February. You'll begin to see great content coming out of the business locker room from some of the most talented business gurus out there. John Spence, top 100 thought leader in business in the world. Marissa Levin, she's a leadership coach and the founder and CEO of Successful Culture. Jeff Shore, uh, bestseller, Be Bold in Win the Sale, his book, and he's a sales expert. Stephen Gaffney, a frequent guest on the show, communication expert. Randy Conley from Ken Blanchard Companies. Josh Miles, founder of Miles Design. He's our marketing guru. Jack Malcolm, a presentation expert and a very successful author in his own right. In fact, one of the best uh, books I've ever read on sales presentations, strategic sales presentations. And then, of course, Mr. Miles Austin, who is our guest in the X's and O's segment, and as always, brought to you by 4D Sales. And we're going to talk about 4D Sales. They're a longtime sponsor, and uh, we're great friends with Brian Carpenter and the crew over at 4D Sales. And just a fantastic product, Miles. Great to have you back in the show. What's going on? Oh, a whole bunch, Kelly. It's first of the year, and you can, boy, you can sure tell it's January. And I think, at least up here in Seattle, after the Super Bowl, uh, my calendar is just slammed. It is uh, a lot going on, and it's neat to see business back at full force uh, around the country. Of course, uh, people may or may not know, but you're from Seattle, and, and I'm led to believe a bit of a Seahawks fan. Uh, I resemble that remark. Yeah, what were, who, you were telling me you had some of the players on speed dial. We'll talk about that later. Uh, you you do the most incredible stuff on this show. You talk about tools uh, web-based tools, digital tools that make people better at what they do or make their companies more effective. We've been partner now with 4D Sales for quite some time. There are a lot of great things happening with them, with their company, and with the tool that they make. Give us the snapshot, the overview. Of what is 4D, suit, uh, 4D Sales? What is that tool, and how does it work? Well, Kelly, I think the, the key part here is that it's designed for a tablet environment, first of all. Um, either on an iPad or a Surface Pro specifically from Microsoft. And by the way, that's another product we should talk about because it's getting a lot of great reviews. But it's really, it's a, it's a sales app. It's designed for salespeople. And I would even expand it to say anyone that is presenting and sharing ideas and information with someone else in person. And I think that's you know, something to be aware of. I think a lot of the tools we talk about on the show or things you can do over the web or on the phone or whatever, 40 sales, the beauty of this is it captures a stunning 
view, and I'm just going to use iPad for brevity, on your iPad that is persuasive and just a beautiful look to it because of the nature of the iPad and the quality of the content you've already created. Yes, certainly applicable on on the Windows 8 platforms as well. But we'll talk about iPad and everyone will know that we're talking about tablets. But this is a sales tool developed by salespeople for salespeople. And because of that, it's highly intuitive and highly usable as a presentation device. But, you know, you bring up a good point, although it's fantastic for salespeople. We'll talk about some of the, the reasons for that and how it can be used. But it's just a platform for showing ideas, whether you're an entrepreneur or a creative inventor type or for collaboration or any of those things, you have all of the things that you need at your fingertips. And those things can include PDFs and slide decks and individual slides, brochures, web pages, videos. I mean, you can put everything together. And yes, you can have all of that on your iPad, Miles, but having it in the 4D sales tool is a little different, isn't it? Well, it is, and one of the key features, at least from my own experience, Kelly, is it doesn't. You don't have to be online. I mean, it gives you the ability to gather all this information and keep it in an offline environment. So, for some reason, if you don't have internet, you can still share your best information with that customer face to face. Absolutely. Well, and I can hear people saying, "Well, I can do that now. I've got all of those things on my computer, and I've got it in folders." And therein lies part of the beauty. But there's more on the back end we want to talk about as well. But imagine you're on your iPad and you're uh, working through photos like you normally do, that interleaved set of files that you just swipe and move across. That's what 4D sales looks like. And you can go from one slide that's a, a brochure to a spec sheet to a video segment to a, web, a live web page if you do happen to be connected. And now, Miles, the neat thing about the new enterprise version is they've incorporated web apps as well. Tell us a little bit about that piece. Well, I think, you know, the key is, is that, and I, I, and I think you have too, Kelly, I know you have, when you're managing a sales force, an outbound sales force, especially if they're all over the country or dispersed quite a ways, the ability to keep all of them up to date with the most current revisions, pricing, presentations, graphics, it's, uh, news releases and everything else is honestly almost impossible because the old way of doing this was to put it out on a shared um, hosting site most of the time, very frankly, we would just try to email it to everyone or send them an email and say, hey, guys, go out and download the newest whatever it might be about our company or our newest product release or whatever. Well, I've also been a rep for most of my life, so I've managed and I've been a rep. And I know one thing, I'll get to it if I can remember it. But I'm a busy person, just like all of our listeners are, and you just don't get time. And then all of a sudden, you're thinking, oh, wait a minute, do I have the the most current one, or was there something that came out later? Is this the current pricing, or didn't we just go through revision at the first of the year? With the 40 sales and the enterprise capability now, it is always going to be up to date because you manage that from corporate or from a central location, and it's instantly dispersed based on your reps in the field. Miles Austin is my guest in the X's and O's segment, brought to you, by the way, by 4D Sales, our sponsor. We're talking about their product, and as we do when they have some substantive changes, bring those to you to make sure that uh, you know about them. This is a tool that both Miles and I use, and, and there's some really significant things. You, you heard him talk about having those things available. 
uh, all in one place and the most current and all of those things. But you can also now with the new enterprise version, some of the changes they've made, the trade show application to me, Miles, is a big deal now because you can go into a particular category of, of things that you've saved and you can press a button that will cause those things to loop and show on a, on a trade show platform. So if you're connected to a large TV by Apple TV or by Direct Connect or something like that, instantly you've got your latest materials up for trade show people to see as well. I, I find it to be a, a, a fantastic application. Well, it is. And I think what I found, I've worked many a trade show over the years. And I think in a lot of times we'd have, uh, you know, like the main trade show floor. And then we'd have a little side area where you could really sit down at a little table or maybe a, a big screen TV and have more of a customized a conversation for that specific customer. I find, just think about that. Not only do you have something that you could share on the big screen out in your booth, but you could also sh- share because what I found sometimes it might be three or four or five people that are attending that trade show as a customer group together. And so then it might be a little bit of a challenge. If you've got a CEO and a couple of his or her team with them and maybe a couple of their sales team, it's hard to get everyone around that iPad, right? Right. But now you have an ability not just to have the rolling show out in the main floor you know, being broadcast out to your main screen, but to have a customized presentation, easy to see whether it's an audience of one, which you can easily use your iPad for, or an audience of 20 if your booth or your little separate meeting room is set up for that. All from the same iPad. So again, you're not, well, hold on, let me get my laptop, let me get the projector set up. All that doesn't matter. What 40 Sales has done has given you all of the information in every format you could possibly desire all in the square of that iPad or Microsoft 8 tablet. And it's really, it's just phenomenal how much it simplifies the life not only of the rep, but also of the marketing and the sales leadership team to make sure that the information is current and accurate. He's Miles Austin, and he is uh, the guy who makes the X's and O's segment work. You can find him at fillthefunnel.com. And certainly you want to subscribe to his uh, content because he's keeping you up to date on all of these fantastic tools, of which 4D Sales is just one. Follow him on Twitter as well at Miles Austin. The thing that that I like is, uh, you know, from the show, Miles, I I have uh, excerpts from interviews that that we do. I I have uh, different web pages and I have PDFs of files that I want to show. There's there's different things that people often want to see, including ebooks and and other things that I can send to people, and I can go through those things and show them very easily. And for those of you who maybe sit out there going, well, yeah, but I really want to have those with me in case I want to leave it with the client. It's two clicks, and I can email it directly to your inbox, Miles. And I'm I'm not carrying around all of those things in my trunk like we used to do back in the day, right? Absolutely. Well, I mean. Look, I, I again, I'll speak for myself. I know there's opportunities that I've lost because the old question of, hey, can you send that information to me? I leave the meeting. Maybe I have a flight to catch or something happens with my travel and you get other issues and life happens or the next customer activity happens. And all of a sudden, I look down and I realize it's a week later and I never sent that information. Right. With 40 sales on the tablet, what you're looking at when they say, could you send that to me? It's one tap and you're done and you look like a star because they get it usually before you've either left the meeting or at least the parking lot. 
Well, Andy Paul would be proud, wouldn't he? We had Andy Paul on the show a while back. He wrote the book, Amp Up Your Sales, and he's got a brand new book out as well. But he really preaches responsiveness and speed. What, what's faster than getting it right now, <laughs> right? So uh, It is. And you know, it's really funny because you know we live in a competitive world, obviously, uh, with the, the Biz Locker radio show as well. Uh, we talk about that, that um, you, know, you, you are in a battle to differentiate yourself in a very competitive market. And these are the little things that make the difference between mediocrity and huge success and the ability to do it now, to do it fast, and to meet that customer's demand that quickly really helps you stand out from the crowd. No question. You can find us at bizlockerradio.com. Please do what I do. Subscribe to the iTunes podcast. Yeah, I subscribe. The reason is we get such great interviews. I mean, Bruce Feldman today, absolutely phenomenal, great content I'm going to want to listen to that again and probably a third time, take some notes and take some things away from that that I I can use. And that's the idea behind the show, folks. Compelling conversations, useful content that you can use today. Go to iTunes, search for Business Locker Room, add my name. It'll make it easy, Kelly Riggs, but it'll come right up. Click on there, subscribe to it, listen to the show in your car. By the way, this is now episode number 40. So 40 times we've done this with a tremendous amount of content. When we talk about 4D sales, Miles, what I like about it is people will ask, well, well, where is all that content? It's in the cloud now, the enterprise version, and that cloud content is controlled, as you mentioned, by the company. That means that I'm always making sure that salespeople have the latest and greatest, whether it's a price list or a brochure or anything else. And you know, you, you really can't overestimate that as, as a value contributor to what salespeople do. How many times have we been out on sales calls and said, you know, they just sent me the new brochure and it's still sitting in the package on my, you know, my office desk. That doesn't happen anymore. You, and controlling to make sure that every single person has exactly what they need for the call, you take that excuse off the table. You do. And I think, Kelly, it's important for people to remember that this isn't just about the app from 40 Sales. The reality is they were brilliant in packaging all this power in the form of an iPad or the tablet. Because think about it. You're in there and you're presenting all this great information, etc. And I came from tech sales. And many times I needed to get the advice or the guidance from maybe one of my technical engineers. You've got this tablet right in front of you and it's live. One more click of a, of a button on that tablet, on Skype or any of these other communications tools we've talked about, and you can now still be in that same meeting, still on your iPad, with a face-to-face Skype call with your tech engineer. Again, and, and now when they say, okay, well, what about that and how do we integrate? You're right back into the 40 Sales app. You're showing them either the video or maybe a, a mind map of where you're going with the product, or maybe you need to do a whiteboard capability to show them the flow Again, the power of this for outbound sales and face-to-face selling is it is all right there. You literally don't have to have anything else other than 40 sales and your iPad. And as we close out, Miles, the very best part of the whole thing with all of the benefits, all of the pieces and parts that will make you better at what you do, make you a better salesperson, make you more responsive, it is ridiculously competitively priced. I mean, the, the price is so low that... If it doesn't do something, if it does anything for you, it'll pay for itself almost immediately, but it is very, very competitive in terms of price. It is, and you know what? I just encourage people, go check it out. Go check out 40sales.com because not only is it a great product and it's very affordable, you're going to work with some of the most passionate 
caring people that really love this app. They're experienced in sales, and they want to see you succeed because it not only helps you, clearly it helps them as well. Yeah, no doubt about it. Clearly, they are a sponsor, but man, we're big fans. We are huge fans of 4D Sales. As Miles said, you can go find them at 4dsales.com, and you can find Mr. Miles Austin, the web tools guy, at fillthefunnel.com. You'll want to follow him online as well on Twitter, at Miles Austin. Miles, as always, great stuff. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for making X's and O's a possibility. I appreciate it, Kelly. You always have fun here. You bet. That's going to close out the show for us. Um, just a fantastic show, and I can't say enough uh, good things about Bruce Feldman. Great interview, as you would uh, imagine, uh, as a uh, college football commentator on FS1. You find him at Fox Sports 1 on Saturday mornings, talking college football. Find his book, The Quarterback, The Making of the Modern Quarterback, The QB, The Making of the Modern Quarterback, and his previous books as well. In fact, he's got a book about the Miami Hurricanes, the Kane Mutiny, and uh, the book we talked about, Swing Your Sword, Leading the Charge in Football and Life, about Mike Leach. Uh, Just interesting stories, and uh, really appreciate him. Find him at BruceFeldman.com. Follow him online as well. I'm sure you would appreciate it, at Bruce Feldman. CFB. My name is Kelly Riggs. We've got great announcements coming, as I mentioned. Much more to come in terms of what we're doing in the business locker room. Eight coaches joining us here in the business locker room to provide you with enormous content, things that you can use on a weekly basis. Join the locker room. We'll send it directly to your email inbox each and every Friday. Get a couple of great blog posts, tons of content. And that's going to do it for us right here in Biz Locker Radio. I'm Kelly Riggs. I'm your host. Find us at bizlockerradio.com. We'll see you next week on Voice America. Thanks for joining the Business Locker Room with your host, Kelly Riggs. Kelly will be back again next week for more business-building content and conversation for your playbook. Tune in Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel for another edition of The Business Locker Room. Remember, business is a competition. Play to win. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.